This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. Today is our first throwback episode ever. Um, We are now 26 or 27 episodes in and we we really thought that we would go back to our where it all started um, and we wanted to do a bit of a throwback and 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 just almost reminisce. I think for me starting a podcast started out as as something that um, just like anything it's kind of one of those things that you look at and you go yeah look I'm probably not going to do that. It's probably just not my thing, um, and you know, here we are. We're 27, 27 episodes in, um, and I, I can honestly say that I'm really, really loving it as a as a journey, as a process. Um, I'm loving the ability to to simply be able to learn off some of the greatest minds and and just have great conversations with them, and and especially the feedback we're getting and and you know presenting those conversations and and them having a massive impact on. On, on while you the audience um is is something that else that you know you don't really expect at the start but it, it's super fulfilling and um extremely glad that i did but today we're going to go all the way back to episode one uh with my with my good pal uh jordan shallow the og this is the original episode this is the 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 thing that sparked it all and and the man really who pushed me to do all of this and, and pushed me to kind of to, to do the podcast and um, so I've got him to thank for this but uh, this the very first episode I can remember sitting down with Jordan and it was just after we finished um, Systems in Synergy uh, so Luke Tullick and Jordan Shallow presented on behalf of Elite Vitality and and we put together the, uh, an event and it, it was here in Melbourne and I think we got just about 75 people to the event so it was a really really cool day a really cool weekend shall I say and um you know I just remember it was it was Monday when we recorded this or it was it was either after the on the Sunday night or, or the Monday morning on the day after and myself and Jordan we just got back from a cafe um we we spent the morning at a cafe just really uh tearing apart each other's businesses and, and looking at kind of better ways to do things and and helping each other in that form and and I just remember we were absolutely like I think you know the co- it was definitely a few coffees and and we were kind of really deep in 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 not argument but we were we were really going hard at each other and I think bringing out the best in each other in that way and and that's one thing I love about the guy but um you know it was just an it, it was an awesome morning and and I remember we went back and and we actually started we we sat down to film the podcast and we were raring to go um I, I truly think this is probably the best conversation me and him have had um, in in form of a podcast, and I think we've done about five or six together, and we've done many webinars together, and and but I think this is as close to as you're going to get to what we actually talk about and some of the the places we go together um, when when it's just us, um, which is we we talk quite regularly and and we go quite deep in this and and definitely talk about some things that you know we we there's some things talked about that I not even I knew beforehand. Um, about Jordan's journey, um, about you know some of the bigger decisions that he had to make in life, and you know um, he's just a guy I respect so much. Like um, the more and more 
I kind of go through um, and, and my journey in the industry, the more and more I realize how hard it is to come by people like Jordan. You know, he's a brain, um, but he's also an absolute gem of a person and, and one of the best and most considerate and generous people you'll come across. Um, so it's, it's you know, and, and seeing what he's done and, and, and also the sacrifice that he's made really for the for the greater good of the industry and 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 also you know um living out his own truth which is something we talk about here internal stability uh and and living out your own truth and i think this is something especially as from a business owner's perspective i think this is something that everybody struggles with so much is that where we are we're often stuck it with this dichotomy of doing what we think is right and what we think is going to bring us growth um and then really living out our truth and and i think authenticity often gets carried around as a badge uh but what you're going to get out of this episode is understanding that authenticity is not something that should be talked about it's something that just happens it's something that just is um it exists through non-existence um, and it's really important that you guys really live out your own truths and and focus on internal stability, not creating stability outside of you, but actually creating stability inside of you so that you can deal with anything that comes your way and really be rock solid. Um, and, and, and I think that's something that this episode really express as well and and you know we have me and jordan you know as i said this is kind of the stuff that we talk about behind the scenes so it's awesome that you guys get to have a little insight into that and um yeah it's just a deep conversation you know i wish i listened back to it um last week and and really thought you know this is the one Let, let's go with this and and just because how much i enjoyed listening to it again and, and i think there's a lot of key and there's a lot of gems in there for for a business owner especially as a self-employed you know someone who's not a big business owner but someone who's on a journey themselves you know if you're a small business owner whether you're a gym owner whether you're a clinician whether you're a pt whatever it is that you're doing and you're on a journey uh, and you are a small business this is a really cool episode for you because it's going to show you um you know the strength and and the internal stability that's needed and and some good examples of that uh so um before we jump into that though guys um just a few things so at the moment we we literally um it's it's a wednesday today um as we release this podcast now monday the 25th is our closing date for the next intake of steel on the walls so as you would have heard and as i've mentioned previously um steel on the walls is a is creating a defense in business it's really making sure that your business is bulletproof which allows you to actually have the freedom to start chasing and reaching your potential in the industry um and as a coach and as as a clinician as a business owner and and all of those things whatever it is that you're doing in order for you to gain more leverage in business and that means get more done without putting more in um and that's the only way you can actually grow a business properly um you you need to have freedom to do that and that's what you know and and freedom comes from better judgment and better judgment be, gets you better outcomes um, and that's really what we're trying to do here with Steel on the Walls. So we cover branding, intelligence, so tracking data and how to get insights and, and really get your business to start talking to you so you can make better decisions. And then cash flow, um, creating that stability, creating a war chest and, and having a cash flow system that um, is you know efficient and, and effective. So 
That kicks off this Monday, the 25th. So uh, it closes then. Head over to our website, um, click through, and you'll have an application form there. And then from there, um, you'll be entered into a Facebook group and you'll get your emails. So make sure you check your emails um, and check spam because there will be emails sent um, almost straight away. Uh, And it's 100% free, guys. As I said, this is something that we're doing right now. We think these concepts should be in the hands of business owners across the fitness industry. And we also think that it can be absolutely game-changing for them. Um, And Class 1 just went through it and the results and the feedback's been amazing. So head on over, guys. Um, And and if if creating a defense in business and and even if you want business growth, this is the first step. Um, And most people don't have this set up. So go on, head over. um, And if it's something you're interested in, something that you really want to do, you want to start creating steel on the walls of your business, um, just fill out the application form. Um, and the rest will happen from there. Um, and the other thing, guys, we've just updated our free resources page on our website. So at the moment, we have the PT profit system. We have the transformation blueprint. Um, we have the sales, uh, sorry, we have the, the people, not money sales flow. Um, and we've just added uh, three webinars. So we've added the pivot webinar with Jordan, uh, my man that we're, we're on with today. Uh, and that's a webinar that... Um, is there to help business owners pivot in this time from a coaching perspective, but also from a business perspective. Um, and we've also got uh, the Principles for Success webinar, which is something we only shot, we only recorded last week. And basically myself and Jordan talk about the principles that have served us extremely well in both business um, and in, in the coaching element as well. Um, and the last one is Marketing Your Business in a Crisis, which is with uh, Will Wang, who's one of Australia's top marketers. Um, and, and really what we go through there is an open conversation um, and some Q&A on how you can market your business during the coronavirus pandemic, um, which um, is, you know, there's a lot of marketing going on right now, a lot of people scrambling. So if you want to stand out, that's a really good one for you. But as always, guys, um, the main thing here is if you enjoy the episode, um, and I, just, I, I really hope you do, um, I know I did during the week, and it was awesome to throw it back and, and look at where it all started. But if you like the episode, hit the subscribe button so you, you, you listen to more, you get to listen to more of our content, more of our podcasts. Um, and if you, if, if you really enjoy it and you think someone else can benefit from it, um, give it a screenshot, give it a share, um, and that'd be much appreciated. All the support is exactly why we can keep doing this. Um, so a, a big thanks to you guys as well. And the feedback that you guys give, again, helps us create better content for the future. Big love, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, well, I think like one of the big things that I, I want to get across with every single person that I, that I interview, and I mean, that's the reason I started a podcast was because I think it's important for people to not just look at what you talk about but what got you to where you want to go because like if I'm honest most people come to see you because they want to be in your shoes like I know you were talking about it before it sounds weird but um that's and I said it when we when we got you on like on stage right it's like this is the goal this is the gold standard um this is where we want to be this is this should be the goal for everyone in the industry every trainer every coach um you know, even there was an exercise physiologist today. Um, he's in the mastery program and, and he goes, you know, he didn't realize that you were a Cairo. He had no idea. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, like, it doesn't matter where you're a Cairo physio or anything like that. Like, if you want to do it, it's the same concept, right? And I think, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start this off with yourself. Is like, what was, 
the tipping point for you where it all started to to happen? Like, was there was a point where you realised that this is where you were going, or did it start there, or is it kind of like it's just, it's? I think we kind of, you know, I know for me, it's like it's. You, if you're never actually reviewing, it's just happening. Yeah, I think in retrospect, because I get a lot of people reach out now, because it's yeah, like you said, they they want to they want to be in my shoes, which like I don't even know where my shoes are. Like but that's so other people I think have maybe a clear perspective on what it is that I actually do, or maybe they 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 see through their lens what their view of what I do is, and as a projection of what they want to do. But I, I think for me, it was just. It started with just just being like just being truthful, like being honest, like being honest with myself with what I wanted, with, with what I didn't want. And I, I think like as I started to make decisions based off like kind of my own truth, like what, like how I felt, that's when things started to like steamroll for me because it was hard. Like a lot of times, like the decisions I made based off of like the what I knew or felt to be true, like were not easy decisions to make. Like they're decisions that when you make them, like there's something in in you that goes no, no no like you've been living like a lie like you've been living you know like you talked about you know when you were young and you were a trainer and you you wanted to live in that neighborhood it's like no no you wanted the 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 accolade of living in that neighborhood you wanted the the acceptance of other people based off of the fact that that was your mailing address mm-hmm. in this cool neighborhood you were a young gun like making a bunch of money and had all this planned out but that's not really like true to what you wanted. That's what you thought other people wanted of you. And that was too, pff, you want to talk, you want to talk a good life on paper, 25 years old, coming out of a grad school program with a nice doctor title next to your name, earmarked for a hundred K American job out of the gate at the most recognizable company in the world. Mm. You know, <clears throat> wife, Olympian, dog, white picket fence, the whole nine yards. And it's like, I thought that's what everyone wanted me to want. Like I thought that was like the truth that I wanted to, that I thought that was the truth I wanted to live, but that was the truth everyone else wanted me to I have an opportunity to do that and I did. And like that led to some of the deep dark moments of the original question. And it's like when I got there, what got me through was like, dude, you gotta be honest with yourself. Like, is this what you want? And like speaking, like you're living out like what I thought to be true at the time was difficult, but that was the, that was the turning point where it was like, that was the biggest thing. Once I started doing that, I started peeling away all those accolades. Like I started peeling away, like, you know, I left this corporate job to work in a, in a fucking dodgy powerlifting gym in fucking Mountain View. I've been seeing seven patients a week going from, you know, making a ton of money to like fucking not knowing if I was going to be able to eat. And then that was, that wasn't even the worst part. Like it got way worse. The more I like followed what I wanted to be true and like how I like what felt to be true, it started to trend and like a bit like that one was like, okay, if you see a few patients, then like on the relationship side of things, like, you know, I was not living in like a like the truth would change. Like my situation changed and, and, and I started to keep following that thought process and like what went from not seeing a lot of patients, things were things started to pick up. But then at a certain point, like another pivotal moment in my life where it's like, you know, this is not it. Like, I'm not happy. Like, I'm not, it's not fulfilling. It's setting me down a, it's sending me down a, a trajectory or a pathway of someone else's idea of what my life should be. Like, have the wife, have the kid, move to Oz, make some money, open a giant facility, be anchored, be, 
stable and all that, live that like nine to five white picket fence life. And it's just like, nah, like it's not me, man. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know where it comes from or like why I was like, I just gotta, I just gotta go. So I had to make another hard decision and, and kind of live out like my truth. And then when I did that, like, fuck, when I first did that, it was like, all right, I'm not seeing a lot of patients. Now it's like, fuck, I don't have a place, I don't have a place to live. I'm sleeping on my fucking floor in my office. I'm getting two hours of sleep for months on end. Like, you know, it, it was just, it was bad, but it was, it was, it was almost easier. Like I'd rather do that. Like I, and I knew then like, you know, growing up playing sport and training, like, you know, we talk about like, you know, true growth comes from challenge. And it's like, fuck, this is a challenge. So then I was like, no, like frame it. Like this is, there's an, there's an opportunity in this obstacle for sure. Like the water, right? Like you, you spoke about that before, like water through a current around obstacles. It's like, you just find a way. And at that point it was already like, it was, I, I've started to shift my mindset where realizing that fuck, this is hard. Like this is really hard. Like the day to day, like times where it's like i don't know if i'm going to be able to eat today like mm -hmm. i don't know i can either get gas to drive to my other office or i can fucking like I was, my accounts were overdrawn a bunch of debt but it's like fuck like this is uh, there will be few times in my life i think hopefully and that's what i told myself where it's like there will be few times in my life where i'll be challenged to this degree what an opportunity yeah like what a what a rare chance is someone who lives in like you know, comes from a great family, like, you know, has very supportive parents. Like I could have, I could have copped out and gone home. Like my mom didn't know that I was sleeping on my office floor for mm -hmm. like a month, month and a half. Cause it was like, no, like this is a really good opportunity. Cause in a very comfortable world, I literally had to worry about survival. Like most people, they, you know, if you look at like a Maslow's like hierarchy of, of needs, like most people operate at the level of like esteem and validation and all that. It's like, no, this is like primal shit, man. Like this is like, okay. Like, you got to budget your cash because you got to make sure you have enough money to like actually live. So that was, it was a neat opportunity. And I think just in, in seeing the growth that came from that initial, like, okay, now this is not what I want. Go be true to yourself. Fuck the title. Fuck the big corporate thing. Like just go do your thing, do what you want to do. And then seeing just personally the growth that came with that then doubling down on that standpoint later and, and kind of stepping out on a ledge, seeing the obstacle, but then seeing the opportunity and the obstacle there, like on that, and that for me was like, that was pivotal. Like now it's, I, I cherish those challenges now. Like, mm. you know, I, I live a much more comfortable life than I, I think I ever have. But when I do, when I am faced with those challenges, like whether it's interpersonal or whether it's business or whether it's uh, relationships, it's like you, you, you cherish the ability because it gets harder to be challenged the more you overcome obstacles. So then the obstacles become either less frequent or less daunting. So now when it's like you're faced with something daunting, it's like, yes, because every time I've come out of a situation like that, everything has gotten better. Yeah, I think like, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people go through, like bringing it back to what you were talking about with living for validation, you know, the career, everything, everything you're doing, the decisions you're ma making for other people. Um, and it's, for me, it's talking about, okay, well, if we look at the, the patterns, right? Like when you, when, you, when you accept something, that's the new standard, right? Like, so if living for the validation of other people and, and making decisions and, every, you know, in every moment we have a decision, right? 
and like some of them are big, some of them are f- small, right? Like some of them are real fucking big. And it's, you've got a decision, right? And as soon as, and we've all done it, right? Like I've made decisions that went early on that went against who I was. It goes against what I want to do. And because of that, you end up having things like anxiety. You end up having these things that, and that's where you can really start talking, getting this negative self-talk, right? And the pressure mounts, right? Like the pressure mounts because you're not doing something that you're enjoying. You're not doing it for reasons that you want to do it, right? And I think, you know, again, a lot of what makes the people like yourself, right? And you're not going to say it on here, but I'm telling you, you're the man. Like I'm telling you, dude, like there's people, like you had someone travel today who's not a trainer, not a coach, he's not a chiropractor, he's not anything, and he just paid to come here to Melbourne from Hong Kong just to see you talk, right? Just to see you talk because he understands, right? He understands. He, it's not like, you know, as I said, we've talked about this before and I was going to bring it back to this, right? But the decisions every, in every moment, and you've made some big fucking decisions, right? And that's the respect, right? Like that's what makes the best the best. And it's, for me, it's the consciousness thing, right? It's not perceiving and knowing. It's perceiving and knowing and knowing you know. Right, like perceiving and knowing and making decisions is different to perceiving and knowing, knowing you know, making decisions because you know you know. That's long, I know that, but I know it makes sense, right? Like it's the ability to know that you're doing it, like know that you're doing it for validation rather than know, knowing what your values are, right? Like for someone to become conscious, they need to know their values. Because I guarantee you when you know your values, you know why you're doing what you're doing, you know who you're doing it for, right, which is yourself, you can make decisions aligned with that very easily. And, you know, as I said, man, like I've got massive respect for you and I always will. Um, And... As I said, you're you're modest with this, but, man, you're going to change... You're changing the world. You are changing the world because you're 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 presenting all over the world, and you deserve everything that comes your way. Well, I think you always talk about like no compromises, and you talk about anxiety and stuff like that. I think when you want to talk pivotal, like if there was a single moment in time, like a pivotal, like three years ago on my birthday, I was in the hospital. One of my clients is a cardiothoracic surgeon. I had no fucking health insurance or nothing like that. Like I remember, I was you know fucking a great apartment. Silicon Valley, just started my career, new wife, had a dog, like all this stuff, like things were set. On the outside looking in, it was fucking amazing. But on the inside looking out, man, it was fucking, it was shit, like it was dark, like it was not okay. And like I was eating breakfast one morning and the lights went out. Like I couldn't see, couldn't talk, couldn't breathe. Two minutes, like just, it was, I remember when I came to, man, like I was looking down on my plate full of four fried eggs and you could barely even see the yellow and the yolk because it was covered in sweat. I thought I, had, I thought I had a heart attack. And I called my client. I was like, hey, dude, like, I don't know what just happened. Like, just get the fuck in the hospital right now. So I drove up to Palo Alto, <clears throat> went to Stanford Hospital. He rushed me upstairs and on the, 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 in a conference room the, outside the president's office at Stanford University Hospital, he grabbed an EKG machine, hooked me up to an EKG, did a, like a fucking 12-lead EKG, then dragged me onto the floor of the trauma ward, grabbed two fellows off the floor, dragged me into the fellows' um, uh, sleeping quarters, and on the bottom bunk of a, of a bunk bed that like a, an intern would sleep in, 
they did an echocardiogram on my heart to see if I had a heart attack. It's fucking 25 years old, 26 years old. And that to me was like, okay, because there was, it, was, it was a disconnect. There was a dissonance between mm. like what I wanted and what other people wanted. And I was living out what other people wanted. Like parents were over the moon, you know, I was happy. I got through school, I had a good career. Like the whole mm. family thing was on, on a course. And it was like, clearly that disconnect like almost did me in like that was it and it turned out being like a really massive anxiety attack but that for me was just like okay something's got to give because like if i go through that again like i don't know if i'm gonna come out the other side yeah i think like the one thing that and and, and so, like everybody goes through this stuff like and the, and the thing is is like it doesn't get talked about man like that's the reason i'm open with the fact that i had anxiety for six months is because like as someone who's running a program who helps people grow their businesses and their careers like it's more about their career than their business like it's it's about giving them the long game but it's the fact that you know I fuck nearly for six months every night man I sat on my bedroom floor crying right like for six months and I had no idea what was going on but you know what same thing man like I didn't tell my mom I was I was I was 22 right like I didn't tell my mom anything and I think like it's it's that right like for someone like you to say and and i think this is becomes important in, in the people that are going to listen to these heads is that um the ability not to compromise it becomes really really important for that and it's not you don't like no one is perfect it's not like we've like i mean we're like we talk about this like when we're, we're nowhere near the top of the tree but it's like people look at you like that and then they start comparing themselves to you and being like oh they're comparing themselves to where you are right now instead of where you you know like like you you've been in their shoes right you've you've gone through what they've, they're going through and i think we're all going through the same thing just at different levels right like the relative consciousness thing and i think um like it, it's an important message for these guys to understand that like it's it's a part of it right like as i said the, i think something that was cool that came out of this and you mentioned it today is the adaptability thing like you know and we, we kind of can talk about it in an obstacle sense like the ability to adapt and look at your obstacles and change the perception of them and each time you do it it gets easier i think you mentioned it in your presentation today um from a, a point of um movement right like you said every time that you know you actually go in and and you know within your wheelhouse it's kind of the the stability drills and these kind of things like the first time you do it it sucks the second time you do it it sucks but you get a little bit better right like if you're getting three percent better at overcoming obstacles right if that's what we want to call them every time that you do them like it's that's where the transfer is in in what you do and what you talk about like the concept of what you talk about is so much more than just biomechanics it's like it transfers over to everything like that adaptability of overcoming obstacles and and becoming more conscious right like it's it's becoming more conscious that allows you to view these obstacles in a different perception and and it's like you can like the guy people who come to see you right they're just like it's they're not conscious of these things and you're making them conscious so that they can start to go out and use these tools to progress not only their career but their own understanding of of concepts if that makes sense and i think um the adaptability side of it is is huge and and it's if we look at it as an obstacle point of view like man you as you said you you were you were in a really bad place but you know it's just the the only thing that changes is the perception 
of yeah. the obstacle. Yeah, I think it's funny for me because the answer always it, it stared me right in the face. I just didn't have the ability to think laterally to that like conscious the con- the concept of consciousness, like per- like knowing and perceiving, but and perceiving and knowing and knowing that you know, or perceiving and knowing, perceiving and knowing and knowing that you know, like. My biggest thing that I talk about from the applied biomechanics standpoint is the importance of stability. And it's, it's ironic coming from someone like me who, who prides himself in being or attempting to be strong. And when I look back and I, I draw the parallels between strength and stability from like a, a psychological perspective. Mm. Like, God, I, I didn't even think about it like that. And it's just kind of, it's just hit me just then, yeah. far out. So when I, when I coach clients, my, my team that I coach, my private clients, is under, it's called Paradox because that, that idea of an unstoppable force and an immovable object is is an Eastern paradox of the shield and the spear. Right? There, there was a you know there's someone who can tell you that that they're trying to sell you a, a shield that can stop any spear and a spear that can, spear that can penetrate any shield. And that's for me, I was always on the edge. Like I was always trying to sharpen my spear. Like I wanted to be like the fucking scariest guy on the block because I was you know, I was a kid and I got fucking picked on and bullied. It was way easier for me when I started to get bigger and stronger. That's like no one wants to fuck with me. Mm. It's like, that's great. Cause the only person that was fucking with me was myself. Yeah. It's like, I had a strong spear, man. Like I was, when I was, you know, 20, 21 years old, it's like just, I, I mean, I didn't fight a lot. I didn't really have to, but like, you know, 22, 23 up at grad school, like I was the big guy. Like I, you just didn't want, you didn't fuck with me. You didn't mm. risk it. You'd, you'd fuck with the next guy. And, but I was a strong spear, but fuck, I had no shield. There was no stability there. So it was weird. It's weird now looking back on it when I talk about it because like it's fucking my, the answer is staring me in the face. I was a guy, was stability, stability, stability. And it's like, you know, strong spear, stronger shield, that kind of thing. And all I did was focus from a psychological perspective on the outward projection, that projection, that spear, but not the internal fucking stability that, that my, my ability to resist force, my ability to exert force, sure. Like presence-wise in a room, like I'd never had an issue like stepping up and being loud and kind of commanding attention, but internally to stabilize to resist incoming it's just i couldn't fucking do it yeah well I, I, it's interesting you say that man like i think me and you are very similar in that sense like we've kind of gone down a similar pathway where we've gone way too hard and and then it's like you take that realization where it's like you can't keep this up right like so it's it's and it takes that internal conversation of not having to go so hard and and looking at it from a longevity point of view, but still having the ability to to think critically, like and I mean for me, like there's two types of people in the world, right? That or two two not two types of people, two reasons that people don't achieve the success they want because they either they either go way too hard and they can't handle the success they get, or they can't handle what they create, and or they don't have the spear. And they they don't create the spear and they can't sharpen it. So they don't have, they don't go, they don't put in the effort, the time, the blood, the sweat, the tears, to to go and to become. You know. Um, so I think it's like, it's interesting you say that because uh, there's you got to have both. And I think whether you go one way or the other, you realise over time that you know you can have a shield, you can be stable, but if you don't have the spear, you're not fulfilled. Right, and if you don't have the, you know, if if you have the spear and you go too hard and you don't have the stability, man, like you can drive yourself into a deep dark hole and a deep dark corner. And um, I think that's such a good message to send to people. And it's like kind of what I'm trying to do now with everything I'm doing is is, and what I'm talking about is is 
you know, this consciousness, mindfulness, and then systems for success, right? Like creating those systems in your life. But I think the, the, the first step is that consciousness piece. And I mean, knowing that you can go when you need to go, like sitting up at times, like I love the, the analogy of, you know, not wanting to run at an eight or a nine all the time, but working at a two and then having 10 there when you need it. And I think, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about, right? And I think those deepest, darkest holes is some of the, I, I don't regret them. I, and I'm glad I went through them and I'm sure you're the same. Well, that's, I know where 10 is. I know, I know what gear I have. I know what gear I can go to. And I know a lot of times when I'm facing down people who are all, are all shield, that it's like, there's, there's no nobility in being a gardener in a garden. Mm. Right. It's, it's like, I could like, whether it's, like I can withstand like I, I've just the shit I've been through relative to where I was before. It's like I know what I can withstand. I've walked out the other side of some pretty shit situations and and shit situations that were self inflicted. Like let's not get this wrong. Like I'm not a victim, and I think you know you you talk about you know judgment and and removing blame and and that that's something that resonates with me. But at the same time, it's like I I didn't start really getting a handle on things until I started be going on the offensive. And going on the offensive isn't like fucking you know give me your lunch money. Going on the offensive is taking ownership of bad situations and it's like i i yeah the shit situation i was in i fucking put myself there right then and, and that's to no one's like i'm not fucking passing the buck it's not a woe is me thing it's like i was a fucking idiot and i wasn't mindful of what i was doing and I, I paid the consequences and i knew the only way to get out of that was to own that and then every decision i made i had to go on an offensive like it was not a I was not going to be held victim to my own decisions anymore. It was like, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to own that. Because um, I think a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're all shield. And they're, and there's no spear. There's no edge. There's like, that's not, that's not a virtue, right? There's not a virtue in being a, a gardener in a garden. It's like, I know where I can go. And it's because like, I know where 10 is because I've fucking been to 12. You know what I mean? So it's mm. like, when when the rubber hits the road, like we tell them in the car, like when the fucking when the going gets tough, man, the tough get fucking going. And it's people who will work themselves into the ground. Yeah. That know just how tough they are and just when stuff gets going, it's like you better fucking believe, like we can we can go. Regardless, like whether it's business, like you know, sometimes when you work, like, you know, like you didn't eat today. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking had a bowl of cereal all weekend, dude. Yeah. But like, cause you're in it. And that's nothing for you. Cause you've done you build it out the mastery of the CRM, like building out the systems. Like you've gone like days, like minimal sleep, like weeks, minimal sleep. And I the same, like, and I just know sometimes when I'm up against someone who hasn't faced that challenge, it's like, I got you, man. Like whatever it is, like whether it's training, whether it's sport, whether it's business, whether it's anything, it's like I've, I've fucking, I've sacrificed. But I didn't, I didn't sacrifice from, a, from a, a martyr standpoint. I didn't sacrifice for any other reason that I loved what I was doing. Mm. And that's what that's where there's that's where you win. Like it's not like sacrifice like a like a like a stoic self inflicted. It's like no no no. Like I'm just I just there's a, it's the passion, it's the love for it that drives you. And it's like at the end of the day when you're competing with other people, whether it's business or that, it's like you don't even see it as competition. It's just like like I just I just love it devoid of anything else. Yeah. So and I think it's, it's mentality, right? Like it's it's not like for me it's not about getting to a ten. It's like what am I what am what am I saying when I'm at a ten? What, like what's going through my head when I'm at a 10? Because that's the difference, man. Everybody's got their 10, but it's not like, it's, it's relative, right? Like your 10 now is what, not what your 10 will be in, in 
10 years like you you you'll adapt so it's not it's it's not really what your 10 is it's what you say to yourself it's a conversation you have with yourself when it's a 10 when the time gets tough when it's fucking stress man when it's things need to be done what are you saying to yourself are you you know and i, I talked about this before in the in the car on the drive here and it's like we like elite athletes man like when it like let's talk powerlifting for a second right or, or whatever it is it's like the accumulation of critical thinking over time is what gives people the confidence right to then on game day or you know when it's you know it's a time to lift and it's comp day right like it's you know deep down and it's the internal right it's not the external it's not oh you know i fucking missed a meal or i missed a you know I missed a session, my coach is going to fucking barrel me, like my coach is going to do this. It's like, no, like you know that when it gets to fucking the time to put your foot on the line, to, to stand up and dig the heels in, you, you know, you know that that decision to miss the session, to miss all of that comes to the forefront, right? And it's that, it's it's setting that standard that it's not, it's not okay to say, to, to make the decision and set the standard low from that decision earlier on because it comes back to get you like when and it's that you know when the time gets tough and you have to dig your heels and you have to stay up all night to get something done and it's not saying that doing that all the time is healthy but i guarantee you there's going to be a time for everyone when their day comes and they either stand up or they step down and and for me that's it is like if we can get that elite athlete thinking like the accumulation the critical thinking is is the the sessions the programming the meals the everything that you need to do you know let's talk about it from a business standpoint the the getting up on time these kind of things the the actually spending time to map out and time block to meditate to do whatever whatever it is that you know is going to get you the success like you either make the decision in the moment to do it and every time you make a decision and say, nah, look, I might just skip that today or I might not do that, I don't really feel like doing that, you set the standard, right? And that standard comes to the forefront in those moments of 10. Not in the moments of six or seven because they don't fucking matter. Anybody can do that. That's that's not what I'm interested in. Right? And I think, you know, I mean, we talk all the time and that's what I see, man. Is like that's why... I only fucking hang out with people and talk to people that attend. Like, I don't fucking, like, that's my circle, man. Like, it is. Like, it's, you know, I've, there's, there's, a, there's a group of men that I surround myself with. And it's not because I don't like females, but it's because obviously there's been things I've gone through in my life, right? But I only hang out with people that can stick with it in tens. And I only talk to people and get, get the help from people and surround myself with people that can do it in those moments. Because that's what it takes. Like it's it's that, man. It's not like as I said, and and I think it's just that conversation, man. And, and and this is the critical thinking, man. Like we talk about it all the time. It's it's everything. Like it's because it sets the standard. I think ca- like character and strength draw such close parallels that I don't even think you can separate them at a certain point. Because character, like strength, only matters when you're tested, mm. right? Like it doesn't matter. Like you know, like oh yeah, I I, I can squat this and it's like when, when when did you do that like a couple weeks ago it's like what can you do today hmm. like you know and character the same like when shit gets bad it's like yeah no one cares what the conversations you have when things are going well right it's it's the conversations you have with yourself when things are going bad like i, I had a pretty good deal offered at my feet and i like like a pretty dark time and it's like it wouldn't have been true to what i what i wanted like, i wouldn't be here if i took that deal hmm. i'd be i'd be potentially happy but not fulfilled 
And that's something I think that was when I have to like when I talk about like, you know, just when things started to change, it was when I started to like act out sort of what I what I felt to be true. I think that was that was the one thing that I, that drove that decision. Like my truth is not finding happiness. My truth is finding fulfillment, right? And you talk about you talk about joy a lot and that idea that like joy and happiness I think are, are different. And so joy's, joy's constant, right? Like happiness is a destination. Like we're seeking happiness. It's like I'm not there yet. Joy is like I'm it's it's with me now. It's like the process of, Yeah. Yeah. But for me it was it was more fulfillment. Like, you know, these weekends are hard. Like like you know, don't sleep a lot, the jet lag and all that. But you know, when fuck first day I've started welling up with tears at the end of it, like it's so fulfilling to me to, to be able to do what I do. And once I started making decisions based off that truth that sometimes the answer that fulfills you isn't the easy one that's going to make you happy but if i set my sights towards what will be fulfilling to me then that's always the right answer and i think like i want you to talk about this because i think at a certain point there's like a realization that it's bigger than you like it's there's more to it like i think you know that's the fulfilling side of it is like it's not about me anymore. Like you see the people you help, you see the, the impact you're making and you can see that literally in front of your eyes what's going on. And I know that that's for me, like any time that I've ever talked in front of some, in front of a group or, or even just to individuals, like you, you walk away from that and you just start to realize that it's bigger than, there's, it's, there's more to life than just me. Like, and I think that's the, that was the tipping point. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, you can, uh, when you say that, I think of your, like your idea as relative consciousness because like there are people in conversations that I've had or conversations I've had with people that to them, they don't understand the impact that they've had. And then I can be in that position relative to someone else. Like, you know, to have someone come up after you spoke about like, and it wasn't, it wasn't what I talked about. It wasn't the content. It was like the context of the delivery. It was just like the passion that I spoke talk about the stuff that i talk about it's just like to have someone say that you changed their life is a really weird thing to hear mm. especially like dude i talk about applied biomechanics i kind of made that up like applied biomechanics is not really something that's a thing mm. i just isn't biomechanics. it is now <laughs> it is thing. yeah and it's just like like no this is what i do and, and like to have like just like a young kid come off to me like well, i'm probably 21 22 years old and go dude that was fucking like that was i had like goosebumps the whole time that literally changed my life is like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just a fucking meathead in a room full of a bunch of other. But then you start to realize, that, okay, it's bigger than it's bigger than that. It's not about me anymore, right? Which is a really fucking strange. Like, I can understand if I was a preacher. I can understand if I was like, I don't know, like a rock star or some shit. But I'm just a dude that talks about a field that he made up, like yeah. applied biomechanics. It's like I don't know what do you do? It's kind of this. Like, I called it that. But to like have the passion about what you do resonate with someone to the level where they go, that changed my life. It's like, serious? How much do you think that's played into you creating your, your concept? So, I mean, you, for me, you're the pinnacle in, in, the, in that field. It's like, you know, the way you talk about it, the, the concepts behind it is uh, quite amazing. So what do you, like, how much do you think the fulfillment and the passion and all of that and like almost removing the self from what you do into more about the the selflessness that I talk about, right? Like that that shift where it's almost, if we actually look at what consciousness is, it's a universal thing, right? So the second you remove the self, you stop having that burden and you can start to see the impact it has on other people. So like how much do you think that's played in you? You've obviously had the basic concepts that you've created, but then 
taking those to another level? Like, what do you, what, what's the, what impact has that had on that? Yeah, so I, I think starting in clinical practice where like you, uh, you have an effect on an immediate end user, right? Like I have a patient comes in, this is a problem. And it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's problem solving in real time with pretty real consequences. Like, and as the problems got more complex and, and the, the solutions for those problems become more profound, like, you know, to have someone who, you know, there's, there's one guy in particular, like I, I mentioned him all the time. Like he was, like I was in, I was in school still and I was working with him. He was kind of coming in and while I was, I don't know how he ended up, I met him at the gym maybe or something. Yeah, like a chronic pain was on disability for two years, two plus years, three botched spinal surgeries, like screws, hardware, it broke. He was on Norco, Gabapentin, like real, real hard nerve block and real hard um, painkillers. Like, was fucking, I remember, like, I'll never forget, like, you, you put your hands on him, he's fucking ice cold all the time. Big dude, like, ex military, like, fucking, like, stand up. Like, this guy could not walk without pain. Like, it, mm -hmm. it took him three minutes to get up. But if a female entered the room, he would fucking hold back tears to get up off it and just stand up when she entered the room and then sit back down. Like you, you don't meet guys like this anymore, like fucking West Point grad, like hard nose. And to be able to like, you know, to see where the current concepts and the current paradigm fuck this guy over mm. and to be able in, you know, the course of, you know, six months of working with him, like get him just out of pain, and like have an impact on that. And then it's like, okay, like, why if this is one guy and i'm at the beginning of my career how many people are out there that are victim to this current paradigm so it was like for me like building whatever this is and like going around and talking and teaching and, and the concepts what drives that honestly what i think about a lot of times is is him is that is that dude is like someone no one did this purposefully no one did this to everyone had a good intent but like they just didn't have the right information. It's like, how do I get this out there? It's like, I can't just treat every single person in chronic pain. It's like, how do I have a meta impact? Mm. So I went from, you know, seeing patients one-on-one -on -one to then teaching a room full of people. So, I mean, I ended up just teaching, when we talked about it this weekend, three and a half years ago in March, like March 12th, March 13th, 2016, I taught my first seminar at PTC, South Melbourne to 20 fucking powerlifters. I was like, okay, that was kind of cool. But now it's like, I, I need more reach because I need more people to hear this because I need more people to, and everyone's well-intentioned, but that's the current paradigm, the current systems, the current way of thinking about this is is flawed and, and there are people who are slipped through the cracks and I, I put a face to it. I put a name to it. Like he's, got a, he's got a wife. He's got, he's got a grandson. Like he's got... He's got he's got a daughter like he's got a he's got a mom in Jersey like that's a person to me so like when when I'm pushing myself to adapt concepts and, and not only that now because it can be quite complex is how do I relay these concepts effectively so that now in a position of meta impact where now I, I coach coaches or I teach clinicians or trainers or osteos or chiros like people who are then going to go into their networks and affect hundreds and thousands of people over their career it's like now it, the onus is on me because it's always it's always at the level of application like uh, you know i teach a lot of theoretical things but it's like i want to make sure they're getting this right when they have this dude in their office and it's not going to be him but it's going to be someone in the similar situation mm. where it's like like dude I've, I've sat in a like sometimes we'd spend hours and you you know mid 40s ex-military guy shows up 15 minutes early like recon work to everything he does this guy bawled his eyes out on numerous occasions and fuck i cried with him man like 
that's what that's what drives me if i can make a, a change in the paradigm and the thought process and i can write books and those books can teach these concepts and have that meta impact if one person doesn't have to end up in that situation then fulfilled like career everything done and i think like once you see something like that you realize the impact like i've got a story of of a client that i worked with and and this was as a pt like he's he came into to like he literally sat in front of me and he and he had depression like he could he was i could, i didn't get to see his face like for the whole 45 minutes i was talking to this guy he didn't talk to me he did not say one word back to me um had his head down and it was for me it was like oh like it was i, I was like okay i've never done this before but I, in my head I, I and this was before i went down the mindset route but i like this was the start it was like okay I'm not even going to consult with him. Like I'll just take him in the gym, chuck him on stuff that's not going to hurt him and that I know like he'll be able to do. So we, you know, I hadn't even said a word, man. Like it was fucking, I was weird. Um, and every time he did a rep, man, I just said to him, I go, you're, you're capable. And I did that for the first five weeks, every single rep he did. Um, and it got to like six months down the track, he'd lost 25 kilos. <laughs> like smiling and i just tried to make him laugh man like that was that was it like i knew my job every time i went in to see him was like okay there's i'm gonna have a limit like limits in what i can do with this guy but if there's one thing that i know that will get this relationship to the point where i can start to change his life it was you just got to remind him that he can do this and you got to make him laugh so i'd just be i'd be doing the dumbest shit like anything to make him laugh but then as soon as he finished a rep man i'm like or every rep not just sets rep i'm like you're capable um as i said to a point where he lost 25 kilos and we started to build this relationship and he started to actually come in and want and like he was excited to come in and, and it was like this transformation and and it got to a point where there was you know he was on um antidepressants so it got to a point where the results we could get stopped like it just it got to a point um and i was like you know i'd been training for about seven months and i was like okay what's the next step let's try to get him off his meds and that's not my call obviously but i was like hey man like what do you think we can kind of get you to have a chat to your doc like and we get you off your meds and um the whole time I was with him, I was just focusing on his mindset. Like there was just things. I was like a lot of goal setting, a lot of in-person talks, like coffee, catch-ups, everything. Um, and he went and seen his doc, man. His doc gave him the all clear. Fucking woohoo. And then I rocked up the training, man. First day off the meds and fuck. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't understand. And then all of a sudden he's sitting there, man. Like I, it's like I didn't fucking know him again. Shakes, everything. So like I just fucking cleared the book. Let's go get dinner. Took him out for dinner, dropped him off at his house, trained him twice a week. We did that every time I trained him. Took him home. We didn't train, we'd go out for dinner. I'd take him for dinner, drop him off at home. And within four weeks, he was good. He came back like he was normal. Like fucking, he, and you know, we caught up maybe three months ago. Um, four job promotions. Been on two holidays, just bought his first house. How good. And it, like, you know, I, I was only a part of the first bit, but like it's that. And I think that's the message to trainers is like that's what the critical thinking can get you and it's the same, right? Like it's once you, you see that, you go, oh, this is bigger than me. 
this is more than me and this is what I can do. And that's what made me go down that mindset route was like, I seen what happened with me and my train, like honestly what I could do. And then it's like, I just want to do that for everyone. And you know, it's compassion, man. Like the best thing about presenting for you, I'm guessing you can correct me if I'm wrong is afterwards when you see the smiles on people's faces. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's coming more apparent now. It's less about, it's less about the content and more about the context, mm. right? Like, you know, I, I, your goal as a trainer was to make this guy healthier and that sometimes being healthier wasn't fucking hitting a you know a heavy set of leg press it is fucking way more heavier shit this guy's got to fucking deal with than mm. you know a, a two three hundred kilo leg press or whatever the fuck right and i started to realize in in, in making the change that i want to make that sometimes the rate limiter to that change being sort of instantiated is is the mindset of the people that i'm teaching so like that's why like i'm okay to get in front of a room of 50 people now and like if i get emotional i get fucking emotional man like if that helps tear down a, a a wall between us like i'm not the guy on the stage anymore mm. and and if it's that if it liberates them to be a little bit more honest with themselves and then you're sure if they pick up some context and stuff like that but you know it's 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 creating creating habits that sustain us not just striving for sustainable habits and i think like being able to bring that to the table in the last year like understanding like if my true outcome is like getting this information across but there's a there's a mindset there's a perception barrier what what it is or how it is i'm teaching it it's like that's my that's my problem and if it takes if it takes like stripping it down like listen guys like none of this shit matters it's like i've said this a few times this weekend is like listen it's at the end of the day it's fucking reps and sets right like we as a clinician you you treat patients not symptoms as a a trainer it's not you're not coaching a logbook you're coaching a person mm-hmm. right and, and to bring it back to that interpersonal space like to bring it back to something real to someone tangible to put a face and a name and a birth certificate and a and a and a, and a wedding ring and a, and a the birthday party to make it make it real like i think that that makes it so much more meaningful and i think mm-hmm. when you do something that's meaningful like there's in one of the books that i've referred to a few times this this weekend it's probably one of my favorite books is it's a Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And I think within that book, he quotes, um, I think it's Nietzsche that says, um, he, who has a, he who has a why can overcome any how, right? So if you have a why, if you have that meaning, like, you know, I always think about this particular patient when I'm trying to bring, th- bring concepts through. It's like, if I want to actually make that change, that's my why. So how I have to do it, I can overcome any why. So mm. through that, like this idea of, of clarity of vision and flexibility of process, like mm. my vision has always been to get these concepts across, but my process now is a lot more, it's a lot more psychological. It's mm. a lot more mindset in the way that I actually get this thing across. The concept hasn't changed. The vision is still the same. The, the flexibility and the process is what's constantly adapting. And I think like, the, like, I think that's probably the difference in someone who, in, in the in a lot of the trainers coaches you know the people that are coming to these seminars is it's it is that context that matters like and then that will actually get them to take action once they leave like you know we've talked about it quite a bit and it's like you know the goal is to have 110 percent of people who come to the the seminars um you know the ones that i run the ones you run whatever it is actually go away and take action on it like it's it's all good to pu- to put this information out there but if no one's taking action like that's not why you do it, right? And I think, and it's definitely not why I run the mastery. Like, it's not there just for you to watch and learn. Like, it's it's there to you to leave and take action, ask more questions, dig deeper, take action. Like, um, and I think that's 
like in all honesty man it's the it's it's the way you hammer at home afterwards what I, which i love is like you know the 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 points you you've obviously got the knowledge and the concepts but it's the way you deliver it and the way you hammer at home and i think it's going to hold you in good stead for a very long time man and yeah, I think it's I think it's it's a necessity, man. It's 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 a necessity if you want to make change, if you want to make that impact. Yeah, and, and you got to realize that, like, I think a lot of people, if, if you do it for the right reasons, like, if you're outcome based in your approach, like, sometimes it's a circuitous way to get that outcome. But like, you know, if you if you can't change the rules of the game, then win the game, like, win the game in its current in its current iteration. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's. It's taking a hard look at yourself and like stripping out the ego that's stopping you from from reaching people at the level that you have to to make the change that you want to. Like, you know, if I was if I was just this militant meathead that was getting up there with zero compassion and like no no flexibility in process, I would catch maybe a few other other militant meatheads who would kind of back me. But mm-hmm. like, you know, because I've been in the shoes, and I've seen rough times, and I, and I know what the goal is at the end of the day is to make the change that that you know, stops that one guy from ending up in on disability on a ton of drugs. Like, and it's like, man, if, if this is, if that's all I have to do to make a change and make an impact to that level, then uh, the, the, the selflessness thing takes over. And it's like, there's not a question in my mind. I'll do, I'll do whatever it takes. Cause it's w- what people are going to think. Oh, what other guy's a pussy. It's like, oh, why? Cause I fucking love what I do. Like, cause, cause I got to travel here and hang out like with some of my closest friends and, and riff in a room full of people who were uh, of, of equal value and of like mind and like hearts like fuck that man like if you think fine call me pussy i don't give a shit yeah fuck nice yeah 100 yeah. is there a conversation that changed it all for you like this is a question i ask everyone i think you know, in my opinion conversations that's why this podcast is called pivotal conversations but converse you know it only takes one conversation is there one that comes to mind that there's a few you know, and I think it's a it's a summation. It's a it's a it's an exposure. Like I, I talk about this in, in learning new concepts, and, and when I like I constantly will stop myself over a weekend of teaching and be like, "Listen, guys, I get it. This is fucking hard. Like I can I can do it now fairly rhythmically. Like I, I know the the inside or the ins and outs of this quite well. Especially some of the concepts is the concepts I created where it's like." I can just I can sink into his own and I can just start saying words and if you play it back seven times on slow it, it, it will make sense to you eventually but uh, the like the thing for me was and I tell them is like it, it's a fear and like being it's the oldest story of all time man like if, if you read the Bible when when Adam and when Adam and Eve eat from the, the tree of knowledge right they they, they they're before, prior to that they're blind. It's fucking. It's really sharp. It's really. It's, when you think about it, it's it's crazy that this idea was written so long ago. But so they they eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge, and then they realize that they can see, but they see that they're naked. They're vulnerable, right? And what a crazy concept, right? Mm-hmm. When we start learning, and, and we and you talked about this, like you know, I I don't think I I know of a lot because I've I've gone voluntarily to this tree, and I keep going back to it, and I I see in higher resolution just how much I don't know, how vulnerable I am, and it's a fear. Fear of the unknown is that's that's essentially where fear stems from. So, like the the more exposure you have to things, the the better. And I think when it comes to some of these conversations and some of these changes I've had in my life, it was just a graded exposure from people I respected, um, whether it was yourself, whether it was Ben, whether it was some of my closer friends back home, my buddy Shane, my buddy Luke, 
Um, then honestly, I think some of the more pivotal conversations for me were, we're not in conversations had with close friends about, about these concepts, about like taking ownership. It was actually when I started having conversations that emulated that, that was, that was representative to me that I, I started to live out these concepts that my close friends had been like talking to me about. Mm. So there's one, there's one that's, it's not funny, but to me, it's like, it, it was, it was very cathartic in the way I was, there's a, there was a close friend or there's a close friend of mine who got, I don't know when this is going to be released, but I'll just say it anyways. Um, there was a close friend of mine that got, got diagnosed with cancer and I was in New York. Um, and I was like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll be there. Like I was there for work, but it doesn't matter. Fucking I'll, I'll be there. So I was in. She was getting a transfusion at the time, so I was in the hospital with her. And my phone rings, and it's my ex-wife. So here I am, bedside in a Hackensack Hospital in Hackensack, New Jersey. And I was bedside with a very close friend of mine as she was going through infusions for, for a cancer. I'm not gonna give much more detail than that. And then my phone rings, and it's my ex-wife. And like, it's podcast, so you can't, the guys see that I'm smiling, but like, looking back, like, <laughs> I guarantee you I was not smiling at the time. like. It was very much a recognition of the universe, like going, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. well, on good terms and all that, but just a very interesting timing that this was, this was the case. And so against my better judgment, I answered the phone, better judgment at the time, but in hindsight, it was, it was, I would call it, if we had to, you know, tagline this, a pivotal conversation in my life, this was probably one of them where it was like, I, I went out onto this like rooftop terrace. It was just weird, man. It was like middle of June in New, in New Jersey. It was on the rooftop of this hospital, like looking out on the skyline in New York, just leaving bedside of a friend of mine with a you know pretty bad, a bad bill of health at the time. <laughs> My ex-wife on the other end of the phone, and I'm just like, all right, I don't know what the universe is trying to say but you have my undivided attention and i'm like okay so my ex-wife had called to tell me that she was pregnant with someone else's kid and we hadn't been separated that long at the time and obviously like you know you could insert the the um palette of emotions that you'd imagine someone in my situation would be going through and uh, it for me was the first time i had embodied some of the concepts that you and, and ben and some of my close friends had talked about like it wasn't about me, man. Like she wasn't calling to, she wasn't calling for judgment. She wasn't calling for blame. Like she was calling for support. And it's like, what, how I felt didn't matter. Like the, the initial reaction that would have been me, even, even a year prior to that, it was, that was such a pivotal conversation. And it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, in theory, what some of these principles that we talked about were, it was me in application, actually like living embodiment of things that I've, through graded exposure through people I respected. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. And it was just like, it was, it was just the strangest thing. Like, you know, in my head, I, I felt a certain way, but like, I knew that that's not what she was calling. And it was just like, we spent an hour on the phone. Like, look, like nothing, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, nothing's going to matter. Like you, you know, you have the kid and it's, that's all it's going to, that, when that day comes, the stigma and the judgment and all that stuff, like, it's just going to wash away. Like I think, I'm all be here for you. My parents will be here. Whatever you need, like we're there. And like, and I don't know if she expected that. And frankly, I don't think I did either. Um, she was kind of doing it. It's like seeming like an FYI, like, Hey, heads up by the way. And by the end of it, I think we were, we were on very different terms. And when we started and I was on different terms with myself when that conversation ended. And <laughs> the hardest part was when, 
when I walked back down, so I'd been on the, the rooftop for about an hour. Um, and then my friend who's, you know, obviously in a bad way and, and not the, the cheeriest place to be in a fucking oncology ward was like, is everything okay? And I could, I could have lied and the old me would have lied. Like, oh, so my mom called, there's a telemarketer, my accountant or some shit like that. And, and, and bedside with the drip and the, you know, the, the infusion and all that, I just told her straight up. I was like, that was my ex-wife just called to tell me she was pregnant with another guy's kid. And I just sat down and nothing was said. And I just probably spent 20 minutes of just sitting there going, I don't, and like, I don't know, pride, I don't know if pride is the right word, but like, pivotal. Like, it's pivotal in the sense that I'm, I've been a different person since that day because that's that was the truth. Like that was literally what happened, and I was, I was like, okay, like that was hard. But you know, you you talk about like when you lie to other people, you're lying to yourself, right? You when you when you explain consciousness from a quantum physics standpoint, and I think that to me was one of the the first embodiments. Like I would have I would have batted a fucking eye. Like my ability to lie to people's face was like easy and it's not a point of pride and because i see now with this the, the wedge that drove in me when i was lying to other people mm. and the ability to in that situation the hardest conversation of my life to to just just kind of surrender to it and be like here it is like here just fucking go ahead do with this information what you will but this is what i know the truth to be like i've been a different person because whenever I enter situations where I would just skate the truth, it's like, man, you told the truth in the point where you maybe had every reason to lie, to just protect yourself, and you didn't, and you're fine. So now it's just for me, it's like whenever I, whenever there's some, there's a truth that needs to be told, it's much easier to do. So I think that, in a way, was probably when I had to think of like a, a pivotal conversation, the the conversations that led up to that. Where, where I think there's a, there's a cumulative value of surrounding yourself with people who challenge you and, and make you think a certain way. Like, you know, we, we've been speaking frequently for, for about a year at that point and you're traveling with, with Ben and, and, and some of my friends back home, like keeping a tight network of people that when you talk to them, they are at 10. Mm -hmm. They're there and they're there to push you. So you can't discount the cumulative value, but I think the precipice brought to a point in a single exemplar was that conversation and i've been a different person since that day i think you know man this is like I, I, that's the stuff that matters like as, as i said there's a quote that i love and it, it really rings true and you can literally apply it to any decision you ever make in your whole life and it's the universe holds its breath as we wait as it waits instant by instant which pathway we follow and that what that talks about is it doesn't like for me it's Every decision you make causes you to feel a certain way. It's the internal. And then the way you feel radiates a frequency. And, and it's that, right? It's the fact that if you don't place this place emphasis on every decision you make, and it's the little ones that matter, man, because they're the ones that compound. They're the ones who create your personality. They're the ones who create who you are. And, and it's like, you know, that's, that's what's so beautiful about these little kind of metaphors and quotes is because it's like in times like that, that's when they come to the forefront. That, that's when you think about it, right? And it's, oh man, it's, it's so powerful because 
you know, compromising is probably the biggest mistake you can make, but it's such an easy one, right? It's the, it's the easiest thing that most people do. And, and I've done it, man. I've done it millions of times, but you know, there's a line in the sand now and it's, it's, I'm, I'm, one thing that I always say is like, I'll never compromise, especially with money, right? You, ne I'm never going to compromise who I am for money. And over the last kind of six months, I've had to make decisions, 12 months based on that. And fuck man it's some of the hardest decisions you'll ever have to make and and it is in times like that right there's times when the chips don't fall your way and it's those times when those decisions matter the most and that when you need to think critically and i think it's the conversation you have with yourself it's like it goes into slow-mo man like you're on the phone on top of the hospital and it's like fuck it's like it's slow motion you just you're hearing it you're like okay and you're just talking to yourself you're like you can do this you can do that wait no and it's that ability, man, like that is consciousness, right? Like that for me, that's consciousness and that's the importance of it. And I think it's such a beautiful thing, man, especially when you see yourself do it. Like, fuck, man, your chest is pumped for like the next three days, not because you fucking deadlifted 350 kilo, because you're stuck to your values, man. Like you, you, know, you know who you are and you're stuck to it. And I think if there's one bit of advice I can give anyone out there listening, um, if you want to achieve anything in life, it's that. It's the ability to, to be aware, but to live aligned to your values no matter what decision, no matter what uh, issue you're facing, no matter what obstacle you're facing. It's it's powerful, man. And I mean, you know, once you make that decision, you, you walk around with this confidence and this. that's where the pride comes. The pride isn't, you know, the pride is the selflessness for anyone around you, not just people you care about. I think that's where people go wrong. It's the universe, man. Like... It's the giving back. It's like we're all connected, man. And I think, you know, that's where the people that you surround yourself come come in. Like it's for some reason, and and quantum physics tells us this, man. Is like your your energy is around for the ages, right? Like every decision you make leaves energy, and that sticks around. It doesn't disappear. And you know, I I, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but I think, you know, when you have these pivotal conversations with people, it's not just the memory of the conversation, it's the energy from the conversation that sticks around. And that's why, you know, when you surround yourself with great people who live aligned and, and kind of you have these great conversations with, it's, it's, it's the energy that can stick with you, man. Like when you have that pivotal conversation, when you're sitting down with someone and you have a concept, an idea, or like a, just a really good conversation and it gives you the butterflies, man, it's the energy that sticks around. And that's where I think, man, if you can get to this place where, and we we're talking about it before, the impact you make, right? Like the, the connection you make with people and you, you would get this you know, and, you know, the connection, you, you know, even we, we, we were all in the same position yesterday on that stage and, and, you know, you were getting many thank yous and Luke was getting many thank yous and I had a lot of people come up to me and say thank you and you can just, it's the energy you feel and I think that, it's that universal energy is that that's the impact you can make and when you have this unconditional, that's the word, unconditional compassion, right? Like that's what you showed at the top of or on the rooftop of the hospital is that unconditional compassion based on your values and that's i think more than ever right you it could be because you've presented and you've seen the impact you can make on that level on that universal level where there's people you don't know right and it's if you can show compassion com compassion to the people you don't know then you can definitely do it to anyone um and i think man what a perfect world we're living if, if everyone did it um 
it's definitely very hard to do, man, because a lot of our motives in life are, are very, um, they can be very selfish, right? So, um, I mean, that's that's my opinion on it. I, I, I could be wrong. Um, well, I, I mean, I think it's just such a, it's not even just a universal, like, truth when it comes to, like, an abstract idea in psychology or mindset or philosophy. It's one of the, it's one of the, it's almost like, it's almost as true as a unified force of the universe. It's, you know, I talk about the idea of, you know, third law, Newton's third law. It's, it's, it is energy and we know energy can't be created or destroyed, mm. just transferred. So how, how is it that, you know, n not compromising and, and living your truth and doing that compassion without judgment? Like, what are you transferring energy into? And, and who's to say if we, if we all transferred energy into that, into that positive space, like what could really come of it? Like, I don't think, well, I don't think there's a way of telling if, if, you know, if even if this changes one person's perspective on one person's conversation, like the ripple effect of that transfer of energy, like there's no telling what could happen. Yeah. And I think like as well, like just on that, it's, it's energy gives us feeling, man. Like, so feelings is how we measure it. Like shame, shame's a feeling. You lie to someone, you feel shame. So it's it's that feeling, right? You can't like there's there's frequencies, man. Like it's 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 science. Like it's it's there. Like you said, it's not it's not like it's hocus pocus. And I think that's where the decision making thing comes in. Like every decision radiates a frequency. Each frequency makes you feel a certain way. Um, and you know, I've done a lot of study on this, and and you can actually go and measure that. And and different. You know, so I read a book called Power versus Force, man. Like it's exactly that. Like power is is will always overcome force because of the uh, frequency of energy like um the highest level is enlightenment and that's you know they, they've kind of got like metrics that they go by but you know the bottom and towards the bottom is like shame and these kind of things and i mean if we want to put it if we want to quantify it like you can do it like you can whether it's accurate or not i'm not sure but we all feel it man like we've all felt shame we've all felt disappointment Right, we've all felt all these feelings and they come from the decisions we make, right? Like in any in any time, not only do we have a decision in what we do, right, but we have a decision in how we feel about certain things. Right. And I think that hits home based on decision making, like the critical thinking side of it. I think, you know, we've talked about it a million times, mentioned it a million times because it is the key. Like it is it is the it's the message for both of us in what we talk about. Like we talk about two totally different things, but man, it comes together. Like if, if anyone wants to, I wish we had a videotape of us. <laughs> I know exactly. What I, you're I wish we had about. a videotape. Like the other day, we were in a cafe just working and working on you know your stuff and my stuff and bringing it all together and helping each other and and um, you know we had a few too many coffees at the time, <laughs> but man, like the stuff we were talking about, it was like, man, it was like it, it was like I don't even know the word, but it was reciprocal. Like in in we talked about your stuff first and then all of a sudden we talked about my stuff. It's the same fucking stuff, right? Like it was the same thing except we, it was just different businesses. It was different kind of, you know, lives. And I think, um, I think that's, that's the cool thing about what we do now. Like we're sitting here talking, like we're talking, we're not talking about applied biomechanics. We're not talking about, you know, a business mastery program. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about critical thinking. We're talking about all these concepts that cross over. And I mean, that's why this podcast is Pivotal Conversations. Like, because guess what? It's not what people talk about that makes them successful, right? It's, it's the message. 
It's, you've got to have something to say. It's the way you deliver it. It's the context. It's all of that. And I think, um, I think it's important, man. I think it's important for people to realize that as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, it, it just, it strips things down to what really matters. Like talk about like when I talk, it's like, it's not about reps and sets. It's, it's about, it's about people. Right. And, and you start to realize the universalities in, in everything that you do. And that way it, it takes away any sort of judgment. It's like, yeah, whether it's applied better mechanics or, or business, it's like, we literally sat there and took, took away so, I took away so much value and, and, and laterally applying this core concept of, of consciousness, critical thinking and, and systems and, and all that. Like, and we both return back with like, with a new framework. And mm. it's, we, it's almost, we, we had to, we had to come in from different corners to meet in this, in this central intersection and then go back to our separate ways with, with information from, from this core tenant, this core universal truth, like you can't escape it. Mm. And you know, you talk about like your network and things like that. It's, it, that's the convergence, right? That's, that, that's the address and where we all meet in regardless of the, we, we run in similar circles, but everyone in our circle comes from a different point, a different, a different, um, you know, in that sort of, you know, from that compass, a different degree, a different trajectory, mm. but it's the convergence and it's always the same. It's always the same conversation. Mm. And, and when you meet there with people and you can do that on a fairly frequent basis and, and, and then emulate out and resonate mm. out from that central point, em, emboldened and empowered by those people you surround yourself and you converge with and, and think of this from an energy perspective, like think of that from like a convergence of, you know, electrons creating energy and radiating outward. It's, it's the same thing like mm. from the smallest, you know, if you think about, you know, electrons in, in a scope of like size, like how relatively small they are, but their ability to create massive amounts of energy. And think of that from people converging and ideas and the conversations that radiate out from the central point when you start to talk about mindfulness and consciousness. And then mm. we all sort of start to spin out like electrons and create energy back out into the things that we interact with. Like, I'm, I'm not a woo-woo spiritual person. I'm very scientific in the way that I apply the things that I talk about. And I think when you, the way I can frame it can sound that way, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's, the, it's the most it's the hardest science you can think of it right? is man and i think that's that's what resonates with me that's why i deep dive into it i don't come from the like it's not the blind faith man like it's science it really is and i think the more i deep dive into it the more i realize that and that's what helps me as well like along the journey like it's not like i think with blind faith it can become hard but the fact is it's not blind faith like it's calculated it's it's science it's it's there it's proven um, and until unproven, I think we can use it. 100%. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Um, this is probably the point where I say, where can they find you? But let's be honest, they're probably going to find me through you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll put it all in the notes. Yeah, for the, sure. The internet. Find me on the internet. Guys, find me in person. Yeah, for sure. And I think anyone who hasn't seen uh, Jordan present live, make sure you do, especially if you're a coach, PT, chiropractor anything in of that nature make sure you get out and see him present because um you know it's changed the way i think about not just applied biomechanics but um life and and the way he presents is is quite inspiring to someone like me so um check him out and we'll uh we'll leave it there cool man cheers